Today's episode of the Listening Podcast is brought to you by the love and support of our valued listeners. Thanks for listening. Give us a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at ListenInPod, at ListenInPod. Let's start the show. It's the Listen In Podcast, episode 55, the double nickel, Jake, like Jordan dropping 55 on the Celtics at the Garden in a loss. Didn't he drop 63? I think that was a separate time. Maybe I'm thinking uh, of him at uh, Madison MSG? Square. Yeah. You know, we refer to to the Garden as like Boston Garden. Yeah. That's what we say. Most people, when they say the Garden... They're talking about Madison Square Garden in New York City. They are. That's a little bit of the Boston-New York rivalry. That's right. Well, I think Boston, Sean, has that, a new oh, feather in its cap. Oh, what a, what a segue. That wasn't planned. It wasn't. It started to be planned. I formulated it as I went. Ah, you know what that's we did? great. Went and ruined it because I we got all excited about it. I know. It. But here we are. So Boston has a new feather in its cap because it seems... With Boston Calling, they've got like the best music festival going right now. Dude, seriously. So the lineup for Boston Calling, which is happening May 27th, 28th, and 29th at the Harvard Athletic Complex in Boston, Cambridge, whatever. They just announced, like you said, like the best music festival lineup ever. We spent time last episode talking about Coachella and how we thought... You know, there's some uh, some things missing. It's all right. Are we are we sure it's good, Jake? Are we are we sure we, it's good? We, we 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 can't we can't be we can't be certain. We can't be certain. But yeah, so basically, this is like not the biggest list of of artists ever to assemble for a music festival. But for the sheer efficiency of just how many amazing artists are on this list, it's insane. And I bought tickets pretty much right away. I'm excited to yeah. go. So you'll be getting, uh, listeners, a, a little Boston Calling recap episode yes, yes. Uh, when the time comes. I don't know what would be the best way to talk about this. We, I, we It's no sense in reading it. You can look it up online. Yeah, you can look it up. You've probably seen it already. I think but off the top this, of, yeah. this is everything that I wanted Coachella to be, and I think one of my biggest gripes was the lack of representation from kind of the emo scene or more of the alternative rock scene that has kind of taken the baton of being some of the most cutting edge and and popular indie rock bands and you know car seat headrest pop miss mitski modern baseball hotelier some of those bands are showing up at boston calling i was really encouraged by that it felt like once i got to that small print yeah it was just one after the other of oh my god they're gonna be here too and them what it's legitimately like every time i've looked at the list even after i bought it like i bought the tickets i tweeted this i bought the tickets and then realized it's like oh like bonnie vare's playing this right weezer's playing this (laughs) right there's so many like that where i realized after like solange like maybe i'm not that into solange for example solange is actually a great example because she's on the third line and like i'm not particularly excited for that but i was like Dude, she just had a huge year, right. and she's like pretty famous. And she's on the third line of this of like the uh, the bill here. Um, and and yeah, every time I look, I'm like, oh yeah, Mitski, Pup, Whitney's on here. Uh, the Hoteliers on the second to last, right? Line. Kevin Lucy Dacus on, on the last, yeah, yeah. And it was so when I started off, I was Back like, Demarco, for me, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, in, in a, the last couple years, Boston Calling, in my opinion, has brought some weak lineups, to be honest with you. Right. I haven't been interested in going recently because the lineups haven't been great. Fun fact for you, I've never been. Never been. Never so been you, to Boston Calling. Fun fact as well, it used to be at Government Center in the, in the heart of the city. It's going to be in a new spot now. You're never going to have that nope. experience. Nope. That's interesting. So, you know, I started off, I was like, oh, let's see who Boston Calling's bringing out this year. And I was like, Tool? Ugh. Mumford and Sons? Ugh. Chance the Rapper? Okay. Yeah. XX? Ugh. I was like, oh, Bonnie Vare, though. Oh, Weezer? Yeah. Oh, and as I went down, it was just one after the other. Other, Like I said, you know, we were joking before the show started. We're like, and the Beatles are playing? Yeah, yeah. And Bob Dylan's going to be there? And Brahms is there? <laughs> Mozart? No, but like, what's interesting is like, it just did it to me again. I was like, I legitimately forgot Run the Jewels is going to be there. Yeah, that's a huge bill act to be up, dude. Like I just forgot, frightened rabbits gonna I know, be there. That's another one, and like, like Cage the Elephant, people love them. That's another right. example. Like I, whatever, I like some of their songs, but seriously, like, if you have any way of of getting yourself the means to get to Boston Calling, I think this is gonna be a year to go. I'm I'm really excited. That's to the listeners. I was kind of surprised this was considerably more expensive than uh, Newport Folk Fest. Was it? Yeah, Newport Folk was like. 
175. I honestly forgot. Oh, also, it too, it was only a two-day pass we got for Newport. So yeah, that, this is a three-day. Okay, so that, that makes Dude, sense. How about the VIP extra the gold pl- platinum, 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 platinum package being $899? <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, I don't know. Like, How much do you want to be? I feel like you want to be in amongst the ground links. You do, because... You don't want to be up in your ivory tower in, like, the, in, the, in the booth. In years past, you're kind of segregated from everybody else. It definitely is a different experience if you get VIP. Like, I've seen them. They're in, like, a different area. Yeah. It'd be cool if... With this platinum one, there was a certain section near the stages where yeah. you could just go, like right when right when it starts, and you don't have to like do that thing where you're waiting at one stage while someone plays at another stage just so you can get a spot up close. Like I did that the first year I went when the National were playing. We got relatively close when Of Monsters and Men was playing. Mm-hmm. Andrew Bird was playing on another stage. We skipped that, but. Everyone left of Monsters and Men to go see the other one, and we got to move up. We were in the second row before, like, the the fence That's cool. at the stage. So, you know, maybe you get to do that if you're platinum, platinum, platinum. If you're the, the $800 million ticket. Right. Here's the thing that I just thought. It won't happen this year, but, you know, it'll be a boon for, for Boston Calling is the fact that uh, cannabis is now legal Ooh. in Massachusetts. So if yeah. you're, I mean, like, think 2018 when dispensaries start opening in mass, in mass, that it might be legal to sell weed at a at a festival. Yeah, how weird That's is that? Interesting, very that interesting. It's like a total festival thing. Now too. here's the thing, because I know certain places still might have rules about where and where you can't do it. For example, I know you can't really do it on federal property. Right, but it's similar to like you can't just be out about drinking. Yeah, you can't walk around a park right. drinking. You can walk around a festival drinking. That's true. I assume if that's they, true. That, I mean, it's just something to think about. That's I don't a know. good point. We're gonna have to look into this. That's, that's gonna be something we cover in our in our lead up to the. I don't think this year it'll happen because I think Mass is waiting till 2018 to like actually dispense gotcha. anything. Just an interesting thought. Uh, like that might be another feather in the Boston. Cap. Who, Jake, would you say you're most excited for at Boston oh, Calling? Wow. I know this was a question we got in our mailbag, but you know we're yeah. gonna ask it here anyways. Um, Hmm. I you know who's up? So Bonnie Vare for me is way way up there because um, the Bonnie Vare is one of those just huge indie acts that I still have never seen. Okay, I've never I, seen I have I have seen Bonnie. Right? So for me that's up there. Also Whitney for me is a huge mm-hmm. one because I had the chance to see them in October and and opted out. So I'm excited to see them. Okay, but there's so many. That's why it's tough. I really don't know. Yeah, my two most anticipated are Pup. Yeah, because I've just heard their live shows are. A sight to be seen, and that they're electric every time they get on stage. Electric I'm interested factory. to see how that translates to a festival environment, though. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and Wolf Parade is another one for yeah. me. Wolf Parade's a band that I've gotten into over the last couple years. Obviously, they had been on a extended hiatus. They're getting back together now. They put out that EP last year. They might be coming out with a new album this year, so... I'm very excited to see Wolf Parade in the flesh. Dude, I'm looking at this graphic right now of all the bands. I swear to God, it's like a painting where the eyes move. And, like, it's tricking me because there's just stuff here that I didn't think was... Like, I forgot Modern Baseball was on there. Yeah. Until right now. So, I, I made a joke on Twitter earlier to to Josh, big friend of the pod. I was big like... Big friend of the pod. This lineup reads like a listening podcast tags section on SoundCloud. It does. I mean, with some exceptions. I mean, I mean, obviously, like we're talking about Majid Jordan all the time. We're talking Major about Major Lazer. Major Lazer. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be awesome, and that I'm excited um, to go to my first Boston Calling. I feel like that's a good one to go to first. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah I mean, is, and again, like you said, awesome. I won't get the old Boston Calling experience, but that's okay. I'm excited uh, nonetheless. Yes. Um, so we have some exciting new. So this week is slow in terms of actual album releases, but uh, it's big for. We are anticipating some new albums coming out in the next couple of weeks, and there were some big announcements, one of which, uh, big friend of the pod, Cam Boucher, of Sorority Noise, um, they're releasing a new album this year on St. Patrick's Day called You're Not As Blank As You Think. Um, the blank is like an underscore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so based on what I've seen on Twitter and in um, different circles, like Ian Cohen, for example, tweeted about this, and he said that yeah. the album is fire. He used a bunch of fire emojis. And some too. guitar emojis. Couple, dude, like, he, he and Shock Jock have been That's hanging out. That's right, yeah. yeah they've been... Shock January. Shock... Shock... Shock Shockuary. He's not a creative man. No. Um, so, thoughts? Uh, I think the album title's really cool. I like that 
you can kind of plug in whatever word that you might be thinking about yourself did as. Did you see the like, promotional video? I did. Out. There's a lot of different words yeah. flashing in there. I really, really like that. I'm very excited for everything I've heard. So we were lucky enough to see a solo cam performance in our hometown of Manchester. He said he just did some new sorority noise songs, but like yeah. stripped down solo versions. I thought they were awesome. Yeah. He did them just electric guitar with like very sparse effects. Think Julian Baker, basically. Yeah, I mean, you, they've been hanging out. It seems that's I right. Know he's in the studio with her right now. Right, he's in the cut with with Julian working on tracks for her, and you can tell the influence is is sort of there's a give and take there. Definitely. Cool, creative Definitely. give and take. That's one thing I think Cam has right. He seems to he be aligns able to, himself. He, with, he gets he networks like crazy. He does. He knows. He how plays to do the that. game. He's very very good at that. Did you see the album art? It's, yeah, it looks really it's good. Like, cross oh, cross country runners. Clearly, a shout out to to Sean, our friend, um, an honorary friend of the pod. Yeah, I am very excited for this on a new record label too, on Triple Crown Records. Yeah, same big, as uh, World's a Beautiful Place. Big moves for for Sorority Noise. Yeah, it's exciting, exciting, and I think it's uh, you know, if it's anything like their last couple records, which I've loved, it could end up being one of my favorites of the year. It, it yeah. actually, they planned it in a year that is like the off year for all the releases because Modern Baseball, Hotelier, Pup. I mean, a bunch of those bands released albums last year, so 2017 is a little bit empty for this that. It's going to so kind of stand out as people, the... Right, people yeah. might be a little uh, a little love-starved yeah. for some email. So the other thing we get is, since it's the start of the year, a lot of new singles are trickling out for all the albums that are coming out the, probably over the next few months. So we had a few different ones here. Speaking of Julian Baker, yep. we just got a new song called Funeral Pyre. Um and the announcement that she signed to to Matador Records. This is something, Jake, we actually had a little inside info on yeah. before uh, it got announced. However, I did see on Twitter, I think it might have also been Ian Cohen, big shout, that uh, that was it was like the worst kept secret in like the in, industry, basically. Right. So, right. Yeah. you know, if people like us are figuring it out You're before right. it happens, right. then yeah, I think it probably is a poorly kept secret. We Very, heard from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Right. It was a, you know, yeah. little birds. Right. Very cool for her that she signed to that label. Um, I don't know if this song is actually going to be on that album. I, I think this is kind of a one-off single or something that's going to be included on the re-release of Sprained Ankle. I was wondering about that as well. I Because I got excited. I was like, oh, new album from Julian. And I thought I've heard that she is coming out with a new album yeah. this year, but I'm not totally sure. She Again, is, yeah. She is. I, I think, yeah. Um, and so I guess this also, this Funeral Pyre, the song, has. I guess she's been doing it live forever. She's been doing it live right. for like yeah. a year now. Okay. And she did like a, I think a Tiny Desk concert and did it there or something. Okay. Or she was live. So she's done it before. Um, and I listened to a segment she did with NPR with Bob Boylan of uh, All Songs Considered. And I gotta say, she's like... She seems really like a genuinely nice person. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. based on the impression I got, she gave a good interview and she explained like like she was asked about the sad lyrics and like all mm. that content and she just like she comes across really nice and genuine. Mm. Um all good things for Julian. You know, I you, I'm excited. Yeah, you can only root for And her. it seems like she is gaining popularity, gaining fans, well, gaining. Well, signed to Matador is huge. It, oh my god, it's very big. Yeah. And I, I've heard just a lot of the music critics that I follow on Twitter when this song got released, they're all like, "This song's awesome!" Like big things coming from her. So seems like she's getting that critical love as well, which is what great. What were your thoughts on the song? Did you think it was um, like amazing? I didn't, I didn't love it. I had certain people on Twitter that were saying they're like, "This is my favorite Julian Baker song mm -hmm. that I've heard." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like I respect that. I think there were certain songs on Sprained Ankle that were better than this there's a tendency with some people i think like to get a little caught up in new singles mm, right like agreed when a new single drops i think people get kind of starved for something by an artist and when it comes out people jump on the train right away of like best i've heard by them i'm so like mm. i love this song you know what a great example of that in my opinion is segway city so you set me up perfectly we're we're up. in sync right we now we're, we're just setting and spiking left and right firing on all cylinders is the new japan droid single yeah I, you know, no one loves Japan droids more than me. That's possibly true. Maybe Ian Cohen. Ian Cohen does. He gets a lot of shout-outs on the pod. Big he does. The he pod. Has, yeah, big friend of the he pod. He should listen if he doesn't. I was actually, I was tweeting at him and with him uh, about Japan droids you a few weeks ago. tweet with him casually and sometimes be like, hey, listen to the pod. And we mentioned Japan you droids, a lot. Yeah, we, you're, um, you're a big... Uh, yeah, so pod. Japan droids' new single came out in, you know, in the lead-up to near to the wild heart of life it's called no known drinker drug and i remember when the track list of yep. this got announced people like stephen hyde and ian cohen were talking about how this is one of the big songs on the album that they really love and let me say yeah 
all-time cool song name. Oh, it's and, awesome. And, like, the epitome of a Japan Droid song it's title. awesome. No Known Drink or Drug, like, I, if I saw that just in the just out there somewhere, I would just assume it was a Japan Droid song Yeah. Name. Yeah. So I listened to it, High Expectations. As did I. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's, like, good. Yeah. It's nothing, like, incredible. Right. And I was a little disappointed. And then to add to that disappointment and the, the confusion about this, our boy Ian Cohen again... The day it got released, he tweeted, the last 90 seconds of this song are why I listen to music. I was like, what am I missing here? And I listened again. I liked it a little bit better. I still don't love this, though, and it's making me a little bit worried about how I'm going to feel about this album because this song is, like, good. I think their first single they, they released is good. Yeah. I'm not. Nothing's blowing me away, though. I haven't been Should I be concerned? Maybe. I haven't been blown away by either um, song either. I almost just said I haven't been blown away by either either. A little repetitive there. Mm. Um, but I feel like I'm playing with house money a little bit with Japan Droids. Like mm. for me, like sure, I, I really, really like Celebration Rock and I have a lot of fond memories of it. I've never been, I've never had as much stake in them as you do. Right. I've never been as huge a fan so, like, maybe you should be concerned. Like, for me, when you were saying that, like, the songs weren't that great, I listened. I was like, well, they're good. And I think No no Known Drink or Drug, same for me. Like, I listened and I got to the end. I was like, I see what people are liking about the end of this. Right. What people like about the song. It's not doing it for me yet. Here's one thing you have to consider, though, Sean, is uh, context and time. Yeah, that's with a big this. one. So, Japan Droids, I, for, when I first listened to Celebration Rock, the first few times when I listened alone, I legitimately, like, didn't like it. Like, not very much. And then we like went on a trip with a bunch of friends, and you had it on rotation on on playlists. And I eventually was like, you know what? Yeah, I like this song. Oh, yeah, this song's not bad. This one's kind of a banger. And then, uh, lo and behold, at the end of all that, I like the whole album. Mm. It just takes time, and I think they're a band that you need some life experience with yeah. and a little context. That's a good call. And I was listening to this on headphones at my desk at work, not very loud, which is the opposite of the situation you want to be listening to Japan Droids in. So I think there is something to be said about the context for it. Uh, last little note here about single announcements. Ariel Pink and Waze Blood, they have a collab, collaborative EP, I think, coming out. Yeah, EP. Um, new song. Did you get a chance to listen to I it? I listened to it. Um, kind of we. I don't know, man. Like, the first time through, I can't say I loved it. It was just like, I don't know, it had a weird sort of structure to it. It, it was, like, catchy enough. It was, I, yeah, I listened again, and I had the same reaction. I was like, there's something here I like. It's it's cool. So I've listened just once, and I know that there's like the chorus of it is like really has a totally different vibe than yeah. the verses. It has this weird. I don't know what it is. It's like the chord changes they do or something. There's something very jarring about some, the music of the yeah. song. Um, I think it's a potentially interesting and fruitful partnership. Agreed. Though. Have you listened to anything by Ariel Pink before? Um. So the album with uh, "Put Your Number in My Phone." Yeah. That most recent one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I listened to it once and. I was not like way into it. I liked some of it, and I really liked that song. Ariel Ariel Pink has always just been a, a song here and there guy for me. Like you know, there's been certain songs where I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, and then there's other ones like on that album where I was like, I don't like the rest of this album really. For me, it's "Put Your Number in My Phone." That's yeah. my favorite song by him, and it's like one of the only ones I know. But I know that he's a guy who does interesting things and who's always mixing it up and doing new creative stuff. So uh, with Ways Blood, who released a pretty cool album at the end of last year, I only listened once or twice. I never like fell in love with that album. But, you know, they both seem like they're kind of quirky, yeah. interesting songwriters. Could be a, a, an interesting partnership musically. We'll see yeah. what, what comes of that. Uh, so we have, before we jump into our mailbag and answer some questions, we have a new segment. And this yeah. was actually inspired by one of the mailbag questions we got and inspired by some recent news events. So we're going to do a new segment called Theme Songs. Yeah. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to take some relevant news topics from the past week, whether it be sports, world affairs, whatever it might be, and we're going to give a theme song to what's been happening. So this past week, there's been lots and lots of Trump news. Yep. He had his own press conference for the first time since I think he got elected. Um, and then there's the whole Russian hooker, uh, golden showers controversy alleged. as well. Alleged. Got to throw so, a legend in there. Uh, we had a question from from Trey. Thank you for that question. Friend and it was, what song would you choose to soundtrack a Trump press conference? So with our brand new segment of theme songs, give a Trump press conference a theme song, Jake. Uh, so the, the one I went with 
is Bobby Brown Goes Down by Frank Zappa. Um, it might be a bit of a, a obscure pick for anyone who's never listened to Zappa, but it's an all-time funny song. Basically, the plot of the, the song, it has a plot, and it's about this guy named Bobby Brown who's like this... The lyric is, hey there people, I'm Bobby Brown. They say I'm the cutest guy in town or whatever. And it's about this like good old American kid. And then he goes to school and he's like kind of a jock. He like, has it all put together. And he's like, you know, paying cheerleaders to write his papers and stuff. But then somewhere along the line, he turns into like a sexual deviant. <laughs> At some point during the song, um, when he like has sex with a lesbian named Freddie. Uh, weird, weird song, but... It is the song that taught me about Golden Showers, because there's a part where he says, um, eventually me and a friend sort of drifted along into S&M. I can take about an hour on the Tower of Power as long as I get a little golden shower. And I remember I was like like a, teen, like a teenager at the time when I heard that, so I looked into it, and I found out what a golden yeah. shower was all about. Um, so I picked that song because it, it's hilarious, it's really catchy, it like is totally tongue-in-cheek, and I could just see stupid Trump like waltzing up. If you heard this song, I think you would laugh at yeah. the idea of him like walking up to the press conference with this song playing yeah. in the background about golden showers <laughs> and like sexual deviancy. So I, I, took, I took a little bit of a different... Well, not really that different. Um, so it's pretty much it's pretty much spot on. On the nose. So if anyone remembers Chappelle's show, there was a skit with R. Kelly. This was after the controversy of him like pissing on underage girls, and there was a remix. There was a piss on you remix <laughs> that they did. Uh, so the the piss on you. I'm gonna piss on you. Uh, remix from Chappelle Show. If that one doesn't count because it's kind of a comedy song, I have another one for you. It's by the rapper YG. Came out last year. It's called FDT. It just stands for Fuck Donald Trump. And like the chorus of Fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> it's like that. That's it. It's Fuck Donald Trump. That is the song Do that I would think, soundtrack a, a press conference with. Let me ask with. you this. Do you think a dude like YG, who I'm not really that familiar with, but do you think a guy like him, like he puts a song like that out there? So that's just there. People have, everyone, like a lot of people know that song now. Do you think any part of him when Trump becomes president is like, ooh, like I'm a little worried about that? No, not at all. The fact that that's out there. You don't think no. he's someone who's going to worry no, about that? No, not at all. Not at all. Because this song was actually very smart in its subject matter. is about how like, basically, you don't care about minorities like right. that's that's kind of what he oh, was getting yeah, yeah, yeah. at i'm not saying it wasn't just like uh oh i'm gonna do this viral song like fuck donald trump i don't even mean it in that way i mean like if i release a song where the chorus was fuck donald trump even if it was the smartest written song in the yeah. world like i'd be like oh he's actually president now and like powerful and what if he establishes like half the shit he says he's going to and it's just like a, yeah. a ruthless dictator somehow I mean, Which is not going to happen. Yeah. But there's always that part of my brain where I'm like, ah. I don't think YG's thinking about that. <laughs> Probably not. No. And that was our new segment, theme songs. So, you know, if anything comes up, we'll, we'll bring that back and we'll give it a theme song. And so now, um, what we're excited to do, and we haven't had the chance to do this in a while, mm. because the end of the year is so packed and... Um, you know, we're just starting a new year and not a lot of new releases yet. We talked about some of the stuff, but we're going to do a mailbag segment where we really be just pestered people by at mentioning them on Twitter, just saying like, ask us a question. Hey, we got a good amount we did. who we didn't even at mention that sent us stuff. I at mentioned all of them after. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Okay. That, that won't sound so cool. Um... So, uh, we got a, actually a good turnout in terms of questions that people tweeted at us. So, one that we'll get off the bat really quick. This came from friend of the pod, Matt, my brother, who asked, Do you think the political landscape uh, will affect 2017 in music and which artists will be the most vocal? Um, so, we're going to gloss over this one quickly because we kind of answered it in the end of year podcast. And or the, the most anticipated yeah. oh, sorry. last week. Yeah. The last episode. I, they're all blurring together. Just podcasts all the time. For That's us. right. Well, content, podcasts. content, content. That's right. Hashtag content. So, um, our answer was, I think, Father John Misty. Right. Yeah, it's it's a yes to this. Like, yes, I think. Yeah. Music will be influenced big time by it, and I think Father John Misty's the guy who we're going to be looking to. Uh, I think in the rap world, I think you'll you might see a little bit more. You know, maybe Kendrick gets involved. And that's what we were going to say real quick is our our my part B point to that was like, well, Solange just came out with a seat at the table last year. Right. 
like Kendrick came out with Untitled Unmastered, To Pimp a Butterfly is already like that already exists. Like how can they one up those albums and do even more political? Maybe they just will continue to. But uh, short answer, yes. Yeah. Uh, so here's one, Jake. That I, I think this is a really good answer. Uh, really good question. Sorry. Uh, this is from friend of the pod, Josh. Big friend of the pod. What are your music-based New Year's resolutions? Yeah, so I'll dive in. Um, mine are pretty easy. Uh, one, get more into Joanna Newsom. Um, that's, a, that's a good resolution. Yeah. Uh, Sean has been all in on Joanna for a long time. I've been in, not all in, uh, but not for the sake, not for the fact that I don't like her. I've always loved her music, and I'm excited to delve more deeply into her catalog. Um, number two was to get into Boys and Girls in that America. Is also a smart move, Jake. By the Hold Steady. Because uh, another one that Sean's been raving about big time, and I've listened a few times, already really liking it, still need to totally fall into that, that like love mode with the mm-hmm. album. The third is um, what I do. I think it's become like a winter thing for me. Yeah, me too. Dive into more classic jazz albums. Couple jazz cats. No yeah, big deal. Just jazz cats. Just cool guys. Yeah, we have like uh, Half Moon specs on yeah. in here. We have like long cigarettes. Um, so if there's a website called The Jazz 100, and it's like this list of the top 100 jazz albums of all time. I don't know how authoritative it is, but I've always gone to it. It's on like kind of an old, like not so well designed mm, website. Yeah. But I like it. And actually. As I look through it, at this point, I've, I've, I think I've listened to all of the top 10, and I've listened to like a lot of the top 20, top 30. Oh, I'm sick just, brag. Right, yeah, cool brag, dude. But I've been making my way through the list, um, and I, I'm excited to say that I have a couple more I can add. So Black Saint and the Sinner Lady by Charles Mingus, and uh, Sunday at the Village Vanguard. And Everyone's Asleep. By the Bill Evans Trio. I'm all about. <laughs> so those are my, those are my resolutions. Uh, mine is simple. It is listen to music in a way that is just enjoyable. Don't worry about forcing listens to things because I feel like I have to. Um, I ran into that last year. I would force listens to things. And that's not the way you want to listen to music. It's not enjoyable. It's not conducive to listening to it again and, and having it be something you really love. So my resolution is listen to things just based on feel. And if I'm feeling it, um, listen to it then. I don't have any particular artists or albums or genres to get into because that is in direct defiance of my resolution. I need to just feel it. And if I'm feeling excited about something, like I'm going to enjoy it, I'm going to listen. If not, I'm going to let it slide. That is um, the going to the gym of music resolutions. It's hard. <sighs> I know. That's yeah. Because I have like the same resolution. But I know what's gonna happen is like I'll be looking at my list of albums, and I'll see that like you or someone else I know on Spotify is listening to this album by someone that I should really listen to, and I'll listen out of guilt. Don't that don't do happen. that. Don't do that. I think I, I think I think what you do is you make a mental note. You say like, okay, this is something that I could be interested in. Yeah, I'm not interested today. Maybe I'm not interested tomorrow either. But in a week or two. Yeah, maybe I'll be ready to give whatever that is a try. Then we get on the pod, and you're like, ooh, big album from this band, Jake. What are your thoughts? And I'm like, well, I haven't listened. And it's like, oh, that's the end of that segment. <laughs> I know, that that is the problem when you have a music podcast and you want to discuss a lot of different things. So it's going to be a tightrope walk. But yeah. that's, I have all the best intentions with it. Next one, next mailbag question comes from big friend of the pod, Kevin Kelly. Um, he asks... Do you think you will go to more or less concerts this year? And will Jake find the joy of going to concerts again? I assume Is this a thing? Is this a thing for you? I assume that's because on some podcasts I said, like, I just get tired at concerts. Oh, I do too. I get tired doing most things yeah, and, like, don't like being in public. I'm pretty sure there was an episode where I said, like, I borderline don't like concerts anymore or something like okay, that. Okay, I, I, yeah. That so that should, so that an addendum to that, will Sean find the love of concerts again? Um, uh, no, because I'll probably just keep... Like, the reason why I go is just literally, well, you know what? I got a little bit better last year with it. I, I did find the love of going to concerts again. I was like, you go, you hang out. I think the key is not pressuring yourself to sit through openers you're not interested in. I think go do whatever's fun for you before the band you're interested in comes on. Go to, the, go to a bar beforehand. Hang out with your friends. Just talk. A like, perfect case in point, when we went to see Sorority Noise, I was hungry. Right. Which is, you know, that is me 
in every waking moment of my life. But I was particularly hungry. And it's not that the openers were bad, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to get food, and I'm not going to worry right. about like feeling guilty about that. What I, about second breakfast? You I, know, I, little I know Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone's asleep. I, I, I satiated myself, went to Veggie Galaxy, and uh, got a... <laughs> Like a, like a vegan frap or something, and then came back ready to go for the show. So, anyways, your answer, Sean, to more or fewer concerts this year? I think I'm going to go to less this year. Yep. And the reason for that is I went to so many last year. It felt like every single week I had one, or I had multiple ones in a week. I don't think I'm going to do that to myself again. Um, unless it's a drag. It's, it, that's what makes them not fun, is it's when you're like, song. oh, okay. I think once in a while concerts are very fun and something to look forward to and a great experience. Yeah. I think what I got caught up in last year was the same as the albums that I listened to. I was like, I have to go see this. I have to like understand what their live show is all about. It can burn you out. Costs a lot of money. Make t- takes a lot of time. Um, you know, you end up like drinking beers on like a Tuesday night when you wouldn't otherwise, and you're like, did I really want to do that? No, maybe not. Yeah, it is. It's just, it, like, can become more of a pain in the ass than it's worth. Yeah. Unless you're, like, completely and totally excited about seeing a band. Right. I initially... If, if, if ones were closer by, I would go more. But the fact is, we have to travel minimum 45 minutes to Almost to no go. matter who we're seeing. Yeah. Because um, it's either it's in Portland, or it's in Portsmouth, or it's in Boston, somewhere. So, like, for us, it's minimum 45 minutes. Right. And it's an investment of time. And if it's on a weeknight... Yeah, we both work. You gotta make sacrifices about yeah. sleep or whatever right. else you might want to get. You gotta done. get up and, uh, and and make that bread. That's right. So uh, so I I initially put over, and I realized I was like, you know what? No, it, it's under. I'm gonna go under what I did last year. We went to a lot of concerts we last did. year. We did. I think we were, like you went to like 17. I think I went to 16. Yeah, that's a something. Ton. Whatever it was, it's a lot. Um, Boston Calling and Newport. I think that's going to fulfill a lot of those concert needs for a bit. Which is good. I mean, yeah. that's we're kind of getting it all in one go. Because exactly. that's a three-day festival and a two-day festival. Right. Do those count technically as like three and two? Because it's like that's each one is like, or yeah. is it just one and one? Well, it's kind of just one. I don't know how we count it. Well, it's, it's di- Festivals are a different breed. They are. Uh, next question. Open, you, we have to open the envelope. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Good thing we have this letter opener. Perfect. Uh, This comes from Hunter, big friend of the pod. Thanks for your question. If I really like this, is my favorite of the mailbag questions, by the way. Ooh, big shout. Favoritism. If the both of us were in a cover band, as in if Jake and I were in our own cover band, who would we cover and what would your name be? So what we decided on... Um, is is really just because we're impressionable and 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 things that seem cool. It would be you know we I think we'd get caught up. We picked Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, and because we saw if anyone who listened to the episode back in August heard, um, we saw Get the Lead Out, the cover band, uh, who who covers Led Zeppelin songs, and they were awesome. And the idea here is like it's a way over the top ambitious band to pick. We're nowhere near equipped. In terms of like gear or or ability, <laughs> oh, yeah. and just like which of us is gonna sing like Robert Plant? Which of us is gonna play guitar like Jimmy Page? Neither. Like of us. get the let out needs like three guitarists yeah. to to match what Jimmy Page could do, In the studio. and we're just gonna do it as a duo, like a duo Zeppelin thing. It would be terrible. Be so we, what we would actually what would be our wheelhouse for that is we would do the like. Sort of strummed bluesy intro to bring it on home yeah. over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Just that thing over and over. Because um, we couldn't do anything else. The way I think of it is like, it's like the Always Sunny crew. If they were going to do a cover band, they would totally decide to be in like this, um, this like, Awesome rock band, and then just realize like, oh, we can't do any of that. Right. Um, so, Sean, do you want to tell and, them what our band name is? Yeah, I do. Because um, it's a phrase we both hold near and dear. This is a phrase that we'll just throw around to each other sometimes, and we'll just laugh out loud because the concept of it is so funny. <laughs> so we're picking a Zeppelin song name. We're gonna be we're gonna call ourselves No Quarter because <laughs> for a couple reasons, it's a hilarious phrase. It basically means we're not taking any prisoners. We're killing everyone on sight. No mercy. We're giving no mercy. And it's even, it's funny because it's a, it's a song name. It applies. Also, it's implying that our band is so good 
and so awesome. We're not taking any prisoners with it, and we're giving the audience no quarter when we show up. You know who else we're giving no quarter is other cover bands, <laughs> other Zeppelin cover bands. They don't, we, they don't kill on sight. Yeah. yeah. Close the door, put out the light. No, they won't be home tonight. We do lots of that because that's the only I I somehow teach myself organ and can do the John Paul Jones section. Other than that, we can't really do. Do you much. think you would get JPJ's solo from the middle of the song down? No, we skip much? that. We yeah. what we do is a medley. We do medleys yeah. of all the boring parts that are easy to do. We're big so we do guys. we do the the beginning to bring it on home, and we go right into like the slow parts of no quarter. And then we do the beginning of Your Time Is Gonna Come with just the organ intro. I'm just imagining how out of tune <laughs> and terrible we would sound. Like, because we don't have anywhere near the means to pull off Zeppelin. So so that's what we are. We're No Quarter, the Led Zeppelin tribute band. Our big finale is only doing the orgasm section from Whole Lot of Love. <laughs> or it's only that. Or, no, None of the rest of Whole Lot of Love. Another fan favorite is us going, ha. <laughs> From nobody's fault but mine for ten and a half minutes. Just that part. We just sing that part over and over. So there you go. No, we're, we're, no quarter. We're no quarter. The Led Zeppelin tribute. The Led Zeppelin tribute. <laughs> All right. You good question, to... Hunter. Very good question. Okay, so Jacob, friend of the pod, asks, with Soldier Boy and Chris Brown set to fight. What would be your dream ticket for a musician boxing match? Great question. I also love this question. This is my second favorite question we got this week. Um, there's a lot of good ones you could pick. So just in the spectrum of music beefs, there's so many you could pick. You could look to last year with Drake or the year before, Drake and Meek Mill. That'd be funny because I, I really think both these guys are super soft and they wouldn't actually really fight. They would just kind of stand there and look tough and, and do their, like, posturing thing. Yeah. I don't think they'd actually really fight. I think another really funny one would be Jack White and Patrick Carney because both these guys are such little P-boys and have just been taking pot shots at each other over Twitter and social media for years now. Pot shots. And they're both, like, they're both kind of lame, and I would like to see both of them just punch each other, each other, and each other in the feather in the face. Rocky and Apollo, like they knock each other out right. at the same time. I think Jack White wins that fight. Or is Pat Carney like sneaky big? I think he's like tall. I think he'd have the reach on him. He's tall. I think he'd have the reach. And I think he's sneaky, like a little burly. Yeah, I think I think too. he's a drummer. He's strong. Yeah. But so is Jack White for the for Dead Weather. I, Jack White's cooler than Patrick Carney. Right? Oh, he is cooler. But also, I think we talked about this. He's crazy. A few episodes ago. That's also the crazy factor you can't account for, though. That's yeah. I think Jack White has been cool for so long. He's he's kind of lame now. We all, but here's the thing with Jack White. We can't rule out that he knows some kind of martial art. Yeah. That feels like something he would just like somehow know. Yeah, he's like a black belt. Like maybe something. he he just like had it. Yeah, but it's a boxing match, so you can't do that. He'd be eliminated. That's Carney true. would actually win. So basically, I just want to see these two guys like beat up on each other. Yeah. Here's an interesting one that we both had on ours. Spoiler yeah. alert: Paul McCartney and John Lennon, right after the Beatles broke up, when Lennon was like calling him a cunt and stuff. Um, yeah. So they I were right doing like shots at each other from the album during their songs. How about we take this off of the the music sheet out of the studio? We put them in a boxing ring together. Yep. You know, they fight it out like men instead of a couple of uh, artsy pansies. That's right. And they, that, they, I've never heard a better idea. They fight it out. It would be a just a pay-per-view cash cow. Yeah. Who do you think? What, what do you think happens here? So uh, there's, I think John goes crazy and beats the shit out of Paul. Yeah, I think I think John will win. I think Paul is probably better, uh, like more athletic. I think naturally he just seems like he would be more athletic than than John is. Um, I think John is crazy. I think he is more vitriol at that time yeah. and would just like scream and go after him and, and pummel his ass. I think John could beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's like a Tony Iommi uh, versus um, what's his name Ozzy Osbourne situation. Yeah. I should have added that to my list. Yeah. But I guess Tony Iommi used to smack Ozzy around. Really? Yeah. He was a tough dude. Interesting. And like Ozzy, one f uh, missing a finger. Even still. Yeah. Packed a punch. My last one, and I don't actually know if I want to see this one. Kurt Cobain and Axl Rose yeah. at the 1992 MTV VMAs. Shout out to Stephen Hyden. Uh, yes, documented this pretty well in his book. Your favorite band is killing me. Everyone, go read that. But I, 
I want to see it because I think Axl Rose is all talk. Can't back it up. He'd win. But I think he'd win anyways. He just would win. I think he'd win. Kurt, so that's for that reason, I don't really want to see it. Kurt Cobain's not a fighter. No. I, he's just not someone who I, I don't think he could back it up. No. He's scrawny, and like I just don't think he's yeah. someone who could actually... Like, Axl Rose is like an athletic, kind of strong dude. Yeah. And even though he's a prick, and it, it's not a movie where the good guy just wins because... That's what I was thinking of with this. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, that's not how life works, so I don't want to actually see that one. Like, Axl might near kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, who do you Who do you have for yours? Uh, so my favorite of mine, uh, the first one I have here is is the Gallagher brothers this from Oasis. Is a, this is a great one because they hate each this other. Be great, and and I don't like them. I don't like either so of them. The thing is, is it's like, a win win. Whoever loses, it's a win for us. And it's like what you said, where with them, I just get to watch them beat the tar out of right. each other in a boxing ring and just bloody each other up. Maybe right. neither of them wins. I win though, right? Because I get to see those. That's two, a great like, one. Those like catty sort of British. That might be the pick. Jerk off. That's the pick. Beat each other. That's up. the pick. I also had Lennon McCartney, but I wrote that might make me too sad to mm, see happen. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I like that. Um, so I'll skip this next one and come back to it. I have Nick Cave um, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So after we were posed this question, I looked up like music rivalries and I found this article. Um, about like the meanest, it was called the thirty harshest musician on musician insults in history. It's on Flavor Wire. You can Google that and check it out. Um, it's a good article. A lot of funny stuff on there. My favorite that I found was, even though I don't agree with him, I thought it was a great quote. Nick Cave is quoted as saying, "I'm forever near a, st- a stereo saying, what the fuck is this garbage?" And the answer is always the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> so the, them's fighting words right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you got to put him up against Anthony Kiedis or Flea. Now the question is, are are either of them doing that thing where they come out on stage naked and just have like a sock over their dick? I think for yeah, is that Nick, what they're doing? Nick Cave wouldn't know what to do. I think they win. They absolutely yeah. win. They're dude. They're nuts. It's, yeah. They're out there like. Anthony Kiedis is like rapping at him. Yeah. Suck my kiss. Yeah. It's like, dude, what? And Nick Calm like, down. Oh, I need you. I need you. <laughs> getting the t- absolutely the shit beaten out of him. <laughs> Nick Cave would lose that fight. Um, I also had, based on this article, uh, Robert Smith and Morrissey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be a good fight. I think we had that in a bracket. In our, we in did. Our best we did. Bracket. We did. Um, so it was based on a quote from the same article that. Robert Smith said about Morrissey, and what he said was, if Morrissey says not to eat meat, then I'll eat meat. That's how much I hate Morrissey. <laughs> um, so, interesting there. It seems like, you know, a natural sort of, uh, you know, the, the storyline there is like, you know, the 80s sort of emotive singer-songwriter, um, that that sort of fight. And then my last one's Tupac Biggie. I don't personally love either Tupac and Biggie's music, but right. that's, that's a classic. You gotta go, yeah, yeah. Although it kind of did unfold. They both died. As That's true. It like, spilled out to the to the streets. It did. That yeah. up, Let's that, keep that in a boxing ring. Let's get some referees in there, and we'll we'll you know do an exhibition. Really, no one's gonna die. Right. And then really quick, I didn't have anyone for these guys to fight, but I think that they they're waiting for their combatant. They're waiting for their their opponent, and they'll get in the ring. And I have uh, two notorious pricks from their their given genres in the rock slash folk world. I have Van Morrison, who is known to be like. Just very difficult to get along with. Um, and then from the jazz world, I have Charles Mingus. And that was talking jazz. That's talking jazz. <laughs> uh, I guess he was a, like Van Morrison. Like these, these are both guys who were just like hard to work with, impatient, perfectionists, like just kind of mean. So I think that they, you know, they might get in the ring, but I don't have a uh, my pick. Them. I think Gallagher Brothers is the best one nice. out of any of these. I, I would pick that one. Sweet. Uh, last question here, and quick note for everybody. I know we, we actually got a lot of questions for this. We appreciate all of them. We're going to save the ones that we didn't get to. Yeah. We're going to bring it back in another mailbag episode. Also, the mailbag is always open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether we ask for it or not, just send us questions, and we're eventually going to get to it. If What we can start doing is towards the end of an episode... If we get a good question, we can say, you know, quick mailbag. And we'll would, do one one or two questions, and we'll end the, end the show that way. I would love that. I think we should do more segments in general. And we'll Agreed. get into that. And mailbag is always a fun one. Mailbag is so great. Also, if there's a big album or something coming out, send us questions about it. I want to hear, like, Japan Droids is a great example. I know we have a lot of listeners who are also fans. Send us questions about it. We'll integrate it into that episode 
when we're talking about Japan droids. Or so you, mailbag's always open. If, even if you have like a funny observation or anecdote about music or something, like say you went to a concert and a crazy thing happened to you, you can mailbag us a story. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we, crowdsource this podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's not just, you know, the, the podcast is all of us. That's right. Podcast is love. Uh, last question here. This comes from Spencer, big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. Uh, favorite soundtrack, and he said orchestral soundtrack yep. is preferred here. So what we did is we split this up into an orchestral soundtrack and a non-orchestral that has just kind of popular music and um, kind of conventional songs. Yep. So my favorite orchestral soundtrack is Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, the first one. Uh, by Howard Shore. This kind of set the stage with a lot of the themes that would pop up in the rest of the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, it's epic in scope. Uh, it sounds really nice. I actually had this on CD in sixth grade, Jake. Fun fact, um, I was listening to it. I think it might have been an after school or something like that, waiting for basketball practice to start. Some I don't know. Somehow it got brought up. Big shout to our boy Mason. Mason, yeah. Asked me what I was listening to. I was like, oh, it's just like, it's like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. It's like it's like classical music, kind of. He's like, you listen to classical music? And it was like a whole big of thing. Of course he did. What so, grade were you in? Like sixth grade. Of course he made fun of you. For yeah. It. So, um, yeah, that's my favorite orchestral soundtrack. My favorite just kind of regular one that has a collection of different pop songs and rock songs is the Garden State soundtrack. It introduced me to a lot of good indie music. The Shins are on there. Um, other people are on there who I can't think of right now. But but the Shins. The Shins are on there. Yeah. New really slang. good soundtrack. Yeah. Dirt in your fries. What, what do you got? Trust Tree for you. Still haven't seen Garden State. Oh, I have it if you want to borrow it. I have it too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought it and have not watched okay. it. I okay. bought it years ago. Uh, for me, uh, so I'll start non-orchestral. Uh, I picked two, which is cheating, but I'm just going to say them. I don't care. I picked Goodfellas, which has like a bunch of Rolling Stones, including this Jimmy is, Shelter. This is a great one that Monkey I, Man. I didn't think of. I was like, oh, yeah, Goodfellas. I was like, I want to see what's actually Layla. on there. I, I checked out the actual like released soundtrack for oh, it. Oh, you're going from there. It doesn't have any of those songs. Oh. It, it has it has like some of them. The best song on here that is actually like in the movie is the Layla piano exit. Oh, and it has "Sunshine of Your Love" by Cream. The rest, the, 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 like the Ronette song, yeah. the Christmas songs are missing, and then "He Kissed Me" is missing. All of the Rolling Stone songs are missing, so those aren't actually on the soundtrack. Well, I'm gonna count it. I'm gonna count it as part of the movie because it's how I experienced Goodfellas, and to me. Like I'm not, like I can just listen to those songs anyway. Right. So like I'm not gonna go buy the Goodfellas soundtrack. Right. I've never I've actually never bought a soundtrack. Um. So like in the context of the movie, I'm gonna go Goodfellas is up there. Also, um, disaster pieces work in the horror movie. It follows. I've always loved. It's like you gotta see that movie. It's mm. a really interesting horror movie, and what they do with the score in it is like it's this really eerie sort of synthy um, score and it, it, it is actually really haunting and there's some really cool parts. There's one part in particular near the climax of the movie where there's this awesome, super catchy like main theme. Um, so it's worth listening to. Orchestral, I'm just going regular old Star Wars. It's a great one. It's just it's a great. classic. And I, you know, like you can't miss, there's so many from the Imperial March mm -hmm. like with Darth Vader or to the, to the, that song that plays when, um, Luke is overlooking the two moons on Tatooine. Are you going uh, Empire in this one? I think because it has Imperial March. Yeah, right. And it also has the awesome asteroid belt theme as well. Which one has like the Han and Leia theme too? Also from the one that that's it, one that's also like, from Empire. Empire. That one is awesome. Yeah. But Star Wars is a collection, so many classics. Right. So yeah, I guess Empire. If I had to pick from a movie, I think we interpreted these different ways. We did. In my mind, I was just I like, was thinking like because I was, I was thinking just, like I was the just like, actual CD oh, of what like the album album. I was thinking of what like would get. the music in a movie. So okay, yeah, yeah, we interpreted it differently. I was thinking like the literal actual album that they put out as like the accompaniment to it. Fun Other fact, one, I've never once ever bought one or listened to one. They're worth except it, it follows it sometimes. Uh, one that almost made it for me was the Train Spotting soundtrack as yeah, well, which is pick. really, really good. Train Spotting 2 coming out same day as Japan Droids. So. Would Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction be solid picks here? 
Uh, you know, it's a good one on Reservoir Dogs. I assume Stuck in the Middle with You is yeah. in there. And I like that song. Yeah. Steeler's Wheel. Big I don't know if there's enough five. songs in those movies. No, maybe not. They have like surf songs. Yeah. And they have like that uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon yeah. song. Yeah. There's some good tracks. Uh, yeah, so that does it for our episode. Like we said, we'll be back with uh, some more talk as music comes out. And we will be answering... We'll sprinkle in some of these mailbag questions throughout other episodes. But... Send more in. Keep mailing them in. Is that the end of the episode? Yeah. Oh, there we go. See ya. Bye, everyone. Into the fire. It's on. Mike's on. Okay, Mike is on. Recording. So it's January 12th, which could be the most boring, just like, date of the year. Uh, You know, it would be interesting if we had stats on what is the day you're most likely to kill yourself. It would probably be January 12th. Well, it's like how on KFC Radio they said January 9th is the day you're most likely to cheat. Exactly. Speaking of dates, I had the all-time Jake thought the other day, and I wanted to share. Okay. So we were at the pharmacy, and Mary Kate said her date of birth. And you know how when you say, like, for example, if I said my date of birth, I'd say seven two ninety two. You know how you like say the numbers? Yeah. Is that how you do it? Yeah, yeah, eight twenty five ninety two. So I was trying to think. So yours is a little longer to say than mine. So my brain, like, what's the longest possible oh. one you could say syllabically? And so I figured it out. It would be if you were born on the on uh, November twenty seventh, nineteen seventy seven, because you'd be eleven twenty seven seventy seven. That's all kinds oh, of syllables. Oh wow, yeah, that's tough. So for yeah. me, seven two ninety two is quick. You have a couple more syllables. Interesting. That is such a Jake thought. It was the most. In that in fact, that you took the time to be like, Ooh, nope, that's a little bit harder. I figured it out. And at first, I was like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe eleven twenty seven thirty seven. I'm like, that's pretty long. And I was like, wait a minute, no, you just bump it up to seventy seven, and you get yeah. the, the few syllables in seven. Wow. So yeah, you know, f- my life. My brain, you know what? I don't really know what it's all about. Because I told Mary Kate after I was like, "What do you?" Th-? I was like, "I just had this thought," and I, I don't even think she really pretended to care. Dude, she's been dealing with it for how long now? You know, like, honestly, she's, she's just like, for doing it. She's she's like great. she just like stopped listening, right? Which is great. Like honestly, dude, like you should stop listening to that because <laughs> it'll drive you mad. It's yeah. done that to me. Yeah. That's what it's done to me. <laughs> right, right. What were you gonna say? Speaking of KFC Radio and numbers. I really like the question they asked where when you die, let's say you get, you, you can pick a stat or a couple stats for your life. On, you do? How many slices of pizza did you eat? That's a good one. I've always wanted to know how many beers I've drank in my life I total. That, that is up there for me. Yeah. yeah. How many total minutes of music listened to would be awesome too. <laughs> Sean dunks on Jake on the pearly gates. <laughs> Sean, you listened to 850,000 minutes. <laughs> Jake, you listened to 5,000 minutes. That's less than I had in either of the two years. I would go with one of those. Beers drank or music listened to. Beers drank is a good one. That's a really good one. Because I have no idea. No. No idea. I don't either. There are some other... There's like plenty of stats I'd be interested in. Oh, there'd be a... I would love a whole dossier of stats. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> All right, on that note, <laughs> let's let's dive in. Dossier. Um, that is fucking rich. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs>